You're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Inside the Locker Room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. And good morning. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Inside the Locker Room, 205-342-9904. If you'd like to jump in with us on the show this morning, the Twitter account or X account at Locker Room 109 at Wimp Sanderson at, at Wimp Sanderson 1 at Barry Sanderson. The email address for our show is Wimp and Barry at Yahoo.com. Download that Tide 100.9 app to your smartphone, and you can take us with you anywhere you go. There also is a chat box on uh, that uh, website, on that uh, app there, that you can send us a message anytime you want, and it'll go right to Noah and I if you send it to Inside the Locker Rooms. We appreciate getting those really throughout the day. Of all the colors, yellow is the most important, at least when it comes to building outdoors. No matter what your project is this season, it's a pier deck, fence, pergola. Be sure to head down to that local Yellowwood dealer for Yellowwood brand, pressure treated pine. Yellowwood offers the best protection against rot, fungal decay, and termite attacks. So it's no wonder Yellowwood is the brand of choice for building outdoors. If you're going to build, build it right. Go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. And always remember, if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Two great guests today. JC will be with us as usual at 7.30. Jack Crow, uh, break it down like no other, will join us at 8.15. If you have a question that you'd like for us to ask uh, either JC or Coach Crow, then uh, you can send it uh, by email or on the uh, app, or you can just call in and give it to Noah, and Noah will pass it along. Good morning, Dad. How are you this morning? I'm doing okay, thank you. Um, I hope everybody else is. Uh, this goes down as a day in our lives. Uh, Pearl Harbor, uh, December the seventh, nineteen. I think it's nineteen forty-one. Uh, I used to try to make a joke that Sunday was one of the lookouts, but uh, and I got a laugh. But that's not real funny because Sunday we lost a lot of a lot of people in that Pearl Harbor attack. Uh, I had the fortune of going out to Hawaii and seeing all that. Uh, what they have uh, about that, but uh, certainly goes down in in the history for some people that are listening to our show. Uh, Vanderbilt lost last night to San Francisco, uh, only team in the league I believe that has a losing record. I think they're four and five. They've lost at home, which is a, you know they continue to struggle. Uh, South Carolina got beat by Clemson, seventy-two sixty-seven. Uh, remains that Ole Miss is the only undefeated team in the league right now in the, in the non-conference schedule. Uh, Clemson uh, is a good team. I, I think they played quite as well last night as they did against Alabama. A&M, A&M uh, beat uh, DePaul team pretty badly, uh, 89-64. to Alabama plays Purdue on Fox. He's going to write this down at 12.30 on Saturday. And Auburn will play uh, Indiana. At one o'clock on on Saturday, on no, I forgot the network there. And the other probably good game uh, involving an SEC team would be Missouri. They're going to play uh, at Kansas, so that would be pretty good. Right now, we're full of transfers. We're full of people getting out playing in the bowl. 
number one recruit for the Aggies has said that he's entering the transfer portal. Uh, the NIL has said people at the NIL, the, the head guy there, not the NIL, but uh, has said that uh, this is just the start of reforms. That uh, the big uh, that uh, it's going to be big time deal of of getting plenty of money plus the scholarship, uh, tens of thousands of dollars each year plus the scholarship to the to these kids. So the big time schools will will do. The, do the pain and the others will do the struggling, I'm afraid. But uh, other things are to come besides this. Florida State uh, wide receiver uh, is going to skip the bowl. Uh, Calvin Cli- uh, Colin Klein, pardon me, uh, the Kansas City offensive coordinator, is going to A&M. Get this one, folks. Mike Gundy's son, who plays for him at uh, Oklahoma State, is entered the transfer portal. So that just tells you that... Uh, Things are, are quite different. Um, Georgia, uh, Kentucky got the Georgia quarterback who had two years of eligibility, uh, uh, Brock uh, Vandegrift. So they got him. Wyoming coaches resigned. Um, that's really about all I have. Um, some talk has said that Will Rogers, the quarterback at Mississippi State, might go to Washington, although I can't verify that. And, um, We'll just wait and see. We've got only one team in the SEC right now that has not lost in basketball. Of course, they've all played different kinds of schedules. And that would be Ole Miss. So everybody's lost a few games. Kentucky has dropped out of the top 25. I meant to mention that and forgot it. Uh, those are just some notes that I wrote down this morning early, early, early. And if you have uh, questions or comments or whatever you might be, as Barry has mentioned, we have, I think, two good guests who you'll enjoy. Um We'll be happy to try to do our best to answer. That's it. All right. Uh, in the uh, state championship last yeah. night. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, Patrick Nix, Bo Nix's dad. Bo Nix yeah. was here. Good game. Uh, I watched they it. went twenty-one <laughs> nineteen. Uh, Thompson, that uh, young kid for uh, Thompson, the quarterback. It's hard yeah. to believe he's a ninth eighth grader. Gra- eighth or ninth grader. Ninth grader. Uh, that touchdown he threw there at the end and they went for two uh and did not get it there but uh good game uh, a lot of talent on the field uh but uh central phoenix city wins a 7a the 6a uh will be played tomorrow i think that could be the best game clay chaltville uh versus sarah land um 5a uh is tonight uh and that is ramsey uh, versus Gulf Shores. We remember Gulf Shores had the controversy, uh, people trying to rule them ineligible with the illegal players, but evidently uh, they got out of that. The 4A uh, will be played tomorrow at 11 a.m., Cherokee and Montgomery Catholic. Uh, the 3A uh, will be tonight, uh, Dad Madison Academy versus Mobile Christian. Uh, the 2A uh, will be played uh, tomorrow at 3 o'clock, Real Town Versus Fife. I think Fife, I don't, they've won, I don't even know how many straight state championships. Uh, and then the 1A um, will be today. Uh, and I'm trying to see who is in the 1A. Uh, the 1A is Noah, is Leroy uh, versus Kusa Christian. Uh, and that will be today at 3 o'clock. Uh, so that just... Uh, your thoughts real quick on uh, well, they had the big boys playing last night because they had a week off. 7A only has, they have half the 
teams that all the other ones have. So they're only 32. So they actually had almost a week off to get ready for this championship game. Just your thoughts on what you saw last well, night. Well, I, th- I thought the big the, the big wideout caught up pass and went for a touchdown um, for for uh, not for Thompson, but the other team. Central Phoenix uh, City. Central Phoenix City. And he, he ran it back very well. Nice looking kid. He is going to Auburn, according to reports that you got on the on the television, so I was, and the crowd wasn't real, real big. Or it, of course, it just didn't look big because of, of uh, you know, seating capacity there. But uh, Thompson uh, coaches won, I think, four, four or five state championships, and uh, certainly uh, Phoenix, Phoenix City has really been good for a long time, and they, they win one a very close one last night. So uh, this is exciting for all these kids to be able to play and. And um glad they can do so, and I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, Cam Coleman is a receiver you're talking about who just flipped to Auburn. I, when I saw him running the touchdown, the announcer said he was the number one receiver in the nation. Uh, so, uh, big get for Auburn uh, there. So, um, Yellowwood, pressure treated, brought to you by Yellowwood, pressure treated. I'm just kidding. I don't, I have no idea. Uh, Dad, uh, Alabama raked in some awards uh, yesterday. Dallas Turner, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Will Reichert uh, was the Special Teams Player of the Year. And Caleb Downs was the Freshman of the Year. Now, we talked about at the beginning of the season, uh, we obviously knew Dallas Turner's name. We knew Will Reichert's name. But there would be some new stars uh, come out with those guys. Played extremely well, and then obviously recruiting uh, was big time with Caleb Downs, uh, maybe being the best freshman in the country, uh, but uh, being the SEC freshman of the year. Uh, so Alabama doing a nice job on the recruiting trail there. Your thoughts about that? Yeah, that certainly hope so. I don't want to be negative about it, but we never know exactly when everything's all with if, if the transfer portal enters into any of this. So you got to keep these guys happy, but Alabama continues to to get players out of the transfer portal that they think will help them, not a whole lot of them, but some. And um, I don't know what the number would be for Alabama as far as some people going into the transfer portal compared to other teams in the league. That's something that uh, really has not, that has not been put out, really, but uh, talked about when a team loses or talked about when a team wins. So Alabama continues to do well. And and um, the exciting time to be, go to California and play Against a Michigan team who is, uh, oh, if you want, if you wanted, wanted to get right down to it, with when the coaches, when the coaches, in a situation where he can't come for two different on two different penalties for six games, um, not one hundred percent sure they should be there. I don't know the answer to that, how they would want to work it, but uh, first part was a recruiting, some recruiting violations, some contacts, and then the second part was. So in the scouting deal, but uh, anyway, it goes the way it is. I have noted that um, Georgia and Florida State's coaches will not will not have comments uh, at the Orange Bowl. Uh, they're not going to have uh, any kind of comments. You know, we have all the comments by the head coaches previously to the to their bowl starting. Coach Coach will do that for the Rose Bowl, and, but uh, Florida State and Georgia will not do that. What do you mean? Well, they 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 announced yesterday that Florida State and Georgia's coaches would not would not give a preview at the Orange Bowl and talk about the game, uh, like like generally you do. Hmm. That's optional. 
I don't know what his option. I guess his option was the two schools. <laughs> I guess they decided. I, think the I didn't think. I felt like the Orange Bowl did not need to get out. We have a good game. Unfortunately, the situation is not you know not compatible for a lot of people, and so therefore, based on that, rather than get into, he said, you said, uh, I think this, and the other coach thinks this, and and uh, I don't think. I don't know that Kirby would have a bad problem with it, but uh, they selected not to do that. All right, and then it's being reported, uh, not from the university, but through enough people that are credible, that Coleman Hutzler, uh, which is Alabama special teams coordinator and uh, outside linebackers coach, will go to Mississippi State as the defensive coordinator. Uh, And I understand that's going to be a big bump in pay. These coordinators now are making a million to two million, uh, depending on who they are. Is that a good move for Coleman Hutzler? I'm not sure I'd go to Mississippi State as my first defensive coordinator job. Uh, But I guess he gets the experience there. But sometimes you take a job where it's very difficult and you're a great coordinator, but you don't have the players, especially with Mississippi State being so down. Uh, What do you think about that move? Well, I think last year that uh, Mississippi State, you would think it would be good because you had a defensive head coach, but uh, they they were not. Not good defensively at all. Uh, they had an assistant coach calling it. Uh, I think rather than the head coach calling the defenses. Uh, I think he, his idea. I'm guessing. I'm not trying to correct anything. I, I, I was guessing that he he feels like it's yet to move one step up, and that that being up to a coordinator is better than being just an assistant coach. And that um, you know that Mississippi State's a good place to probably to bring take his family. And um, go from there, and then the next step maybe it'll be to a head coaching position. So Mississippi State's got their work cut out for them. When you talk about the money that you're giving to people, for some reason, there—I mean, to players—that for some reason, naturally Vanderbilt comes into my mind for the SEC East. Uh, and I don't mean anything by it. The Mississippi State a little bit comes into my mind for the for the West of being able to give the kinds of money and recruiting. That's going to take to get these guys, but I think the one thing that, that uh, he can do, he can come in and show uh, the new head coach, uh, who's been an offensive coordinator, about how much recruiting he's done, exactly how they are organized recruiting, because you better be organized at Mississippi State recruiting and know what you're doing and getting after them, because you're fighting Kevin over there uh, in in state and. And uh, you just you got to have it organized, and I think that'll help some. All right, we'll take the break here. We got Philip Holden. We'll get to Philip uh, when we get back from break. Two men in truck. They're at thirteen thirty Martin Road East. It's uh, a great uh, company to use anytime you want to uh, make a local move out of town, out of state. Really, the only uh, people that you should use in this. Uh, area for sure. If you just need uh, two men to come out and help you get ready for the holidays, you got stuff up in the attic and you need to get it down and get decorated for the holidays and let two men send two guys out there to take care of that for you as well. 205-247-5050. Two men in a truck for all your meat, all your moving needs, movers. Who care? The phone lines will be open 205-342- 9904. Yes, the Tide 100.9 SE home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we continue to monitor the conditions of the interstate. We do have that wreck, 2059 westbound at exit 76. Everything else appears to be clear. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. 
The year-end clearance is on now at Townsend Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa Thread. Thursday morning, the lawyers for 24-year-old Michael Washington, who is seen in a video being tased by a reformed police officer over the weekend while handcuffed, wants the unidentified officer charged. Leroy Maxwell is demanding that white female officer be charged with excessive force, assault, and battery. A felony fentanyl trafficking charge against Washington has been dropped, and he is bonded out of the Pickens County Jail. Click TuscaloosaThread.com throughout the day for more local news, sports, and weather. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine and full supply today, the high 59. Tonight, fair with a low at 38. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day. A few showers are possible tomorrow night, the high 66. Saturday, cloudy and mild. A few showers are likely, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 30 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Alabama Crimson Tide lives right here. Down to the pylon. Touchdown, Alabama. On Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside. Like I did see uh, Memphis play VCU last night. Memphis won overtime. And their announcers were at home. Uh, so I guess <laughs> ESP is trying to save money i understand when they did that in the covid days but come on oh, you gotta be kidding me all right uh yellowwood pressure treated pine from great southern if it doesn't have the yellow tag on it you don't want it right to the yellowwood hotline good morning philip how are you good morning good morning y'all it's cold as rip down here Woo. yeah it's cold here as well hey uh i'm gonna predict alabama and michigan have over 31 million viewers I'm going to predict if Alabama gets to play Texas in the finals, it's going to have over 35 million viewers. And I'm also going to predict I follow Coach Pearl on X. And I'm going to predict, and, and this is a Bill Cameron type thing, I'm going to predict that Coach Pearl is going to be approached about running for office. About office. running for office? Running for... Yes, sir. What kind of office? Congress. Hmm. But uh, what, what do you base that on? you got to follow him on X a little bit. And I don't, I don't know if you do. But it, it might be an interesting look, uh, examination for you if you care to do it, Coach. You but, know, the funny thing is I was down Auburn with Jack on his official visit and... Uh, Coach Pearl, uh, he really likes Alabama, uh, to be quite honest with you. He and I talked about it, you know, and then I said, hey, I want to, matter of fact, I need to follow up on it. I said, I want to have you on the show. And he said, uh, he said, hey, I'd love to be on the show now. He said, now, Barry, I'm, I'm 60-something years old now. I I might say anything. Uh, and so he's one of these guys now. It's kind of like Charles Barkley, even Dad to a certain extent, to where uh, he's going to tell you what he feels. Uh, he's going to put it on X, like you say. He, he's it, it may be controversial, but he is not going to hide for him. He said, "I'm I'm sixty something years old. Uh, I don't care anymore." I, you know, so well, he, he's not trying to be politically well, correct. I guess is what I'm saying. No, and that, that's why I think he is a perfect candidate. Is yeah. because that's what people want. They want a guy with conviction. And they want a guy that, that stands tall and stands firm. And if you follow him on X and start sort of thinking about the future, I think he's got one. And I think it's in politics. 
I think, um, and I don't want to be negative about this at all, but people, uh, people, uh, for some people, are negative about them without saying so. I would never vote for them. I, I don't mean uh, not necessarily because you're Auburn and Alabama people, but they're Tennessee people, and you know. And I don't know that ne- people are negative towards me, if ne- negative towards anybody. It's in it's in the in out in the open trying to do something. So I think you know. I think you would be. I, I don't know. I, I, it's interesting that you would say that. I, I wouldn't. I, I I don't. I just. I don't have any idea. <laughs> he, he's pretty. Uh... Convicted in his beliefs, Philip. I do. I do know that. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Which you guys have a good day. <laughs> Thank you, Philip. All right. Uh, good call there, Philip. Uh, different. T- t- took it a little bit different there. I like that. All right. Back to the Yellowwood Hotline. Get Pat in. Good morning, Pat. Hey, Pat. Hey. Good. Good morning, guys. Man. Hey. This portal is really, really heating up. And Martin brought up a good, a good point this morning with this twelve-team playoff. These kids are not going to get any kind of a Christmas break or anything. They're going to be going straight from whatever championship. And I'm kind of at a point that we ought to really do away with the SEC championship and just go to divisions that uh, But oh, because of the amount of games that we're going to be playing in Alabama, Oklahoma, and Texas, and possibly LSU, and possibly Georgia will be in the conversation every year. So if we have a SEC championship, then that could possibly knock us out of positions that will bring a tremendous amount more money to the SEC than the SEC championship game. Am I all wet on that? Well, I think if you get the SEC championship, uh, more than likely you're going to be that means you've won a lot of SEC games. You're going to be in the top 12. You want that top four because uh, you get the bye, so you don't have to play that yeah. first uh, weekend. Those other teams will battle it out. So, um, you know, there will only be a few t- – I heard Martin, uh, and he's right, there will be a lot of games played, but only a few teams will have to play uh, that many games. And uh, I think these kids will be excited. They'll There probably will be some NIL money there with these particular bowls and stuff that these guys are playing in. So you're only talking about if you get a buy, uh, what you'd have to play three more games. So if you played in the SEC championship game, you you played maybe a total of 16. If you didn't get a buy, you I guess and you went all the way, which would only be two teams. You'd have to play uh, 17 games, and which is a lot of games uh, for college kids. Yeah, and but what what I wanted to bring up about the portal though. Walter Nolan, the number one overall defensive player in the country and number one overall player, I think he was in his class, just entered the portal. Hey, <laughs> are we going to open up the checkbook? <laughs> well, I think Alabama, uh, I think they select in the portal. They don't recruit it. They select what they want. Let me ask you this, Pat, because you keep up better than me. Uh, LT yeah. Overton is a kid that was at Bessemer Academy. I actually played him in a state championship in basketball. He was, I saw he and his brother. I know his brother went to Liberty. I don't know if his brother played much at uh, Texas A&M or not, but what, what kind of career did LT Overton have over at Texas A&M? I saw he had put his name in the transfer portal as well. He's a kid that's from Alabama. He moved to Georgia. His dad's the athletic director at Kennesaw State, but he was a big-time prospect coming out of high school. Yeah, well, look, and uh, 
I'm not oh that scold on him. I'm I'm more interested in what Stewart, that uh, number one uh, wide receiver for uh, them. He's now in the portal also, and uh, but the Overton kid. I'll do some research for you on that yeah. and uh and see that uh. But man, hey, with Stewart and oh uh, Nolan, oh my goodness, oh uh, that would be a big bump uh for us for next year. Bad up because I mean we're gonna we're gonna lose some key players. Uh, we've got a whole lot coming back. I mean Alabama's gonna get. I think it. No disrespect to our uh, running back room, but we're gonna uh, be bumped up next year in that running back room. I'm uh, if we can keep everybody happy and and and, and no uh, attrition. That uh, I mean, this Alabama running back cupboard is full. Yeah, you uh, you didn't have a drop off. Chase McCullough was out, but those guys that came in, uh, Jam Miller, those guys. I don't even did Justice Haynes. I can't even remember him carrying the ball in the SEC champion. A lot of people think he might be the best running back. Uh, yeah, best running, running, and he can't even get on the field and, right and, now. And, and the other kid that we got. Oh, both. I mean, they were there. But both of them are bigger backs and uh, designed to uh, that are fast and designed to carry the ball more. Well, not only that, but uh, a having to play more games. And I mean, because we don't know for sure that we're going to be in that top four. There's these selection committees and stuff. You just never know. I mean, because you know, we thought it was going to go with the overall. Uh, where where you are, the top twelve is going to go in. Well, not necessarily. But <laughs> Dang, you've already moved on to next year. Enjoy yeah, this year. This year. Enjoy hey, this year, man. Hey, this year this year is a given. We're <laughs> going to California to beat Michigan down like a stepchild that they are. Yeah, I don't think Michigan yeah, score enough points to beat Alabama. To be honest with you, mate, I, okay. We're going to play. The television people are salivating about having Tennessee. About not Tennessee, but Texas and Alabama in the championship game because that hey, that's going to bring so many TV eyes that uh, just like you had a caller earlier saying thirty five million plus uh, viewers for Texas Alabama, maybe even maybe maybe even more than that because they're going to want to see Alabama get beat. Yeah, that would be a very tough. That would be a very tough football game. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm getting I'm getting excited about the possibility. You know, I'm, I'm having to save my lunch money, man. I'm selling <laughs> bushes around the house. I'm selling everything to have money to go to that ball game. Are, you trying, to go, go. are you trying to go to California? Uh, no, man. no. My, 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 my daughter-in-law is taking my tickets to California. Yeah. But, uh, but, uh, uh, but I'm going to Houston regardless. And, and like I said, Houston get-in price is going to be probably in the vicinity of $1,500. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that's going to be nosebleed fifteen hundred. Yeah, no doubt that yeah. that oil yeah. money be buying those teams. Thanks, Pat. All Thank right, you. Have a good All right, there's Patty Love. Pat Pat's on the next year. Uh, he ain't even going to finish up this year. So uh, enjoy yeah. this year, Pat. Uh, you, yeah. I know it's. Uh, Dad and I had picked Alabama to lose a couple of games. Didn't think they would be this far, so they did. I think it's been an enjoyable season for people because you didn't know uh, how they were going to do. You thought they, no. you, you know, you didn't know how this quarterback was going to be, so that made it more fun to be quite. Yeah, the expectation uh, factor after you know after the first two or three games was a little bit low for a lot of the fans, but uh, that's, I guess that's what makes it more exciting for yeah. 
the people that, that listen to it. But uh, if if the Texas game were to occur, um, you have uh, a really fine play caller and uh, study guy on on the on the sideline at, at, at Texas. They'll they'll be very good. Yeah, Royal Cleaners. They want to make life easy for you. you. Got the holiday parties coming up. You need to get all those outfits cleaned up. No, and then dial two zero five three nine one zero zero three four. If you can't get to the Royal, they'll come right to you, pick up all your cleaning, get it cleaned up, deliver it right back. If you need to drop off University Boulevard, Bridge Avenue, North Porter, 4851 Rice Mine Road. Uh, for all your cleaning needs, Royal is the one. 205-391-0034. Get to JC next. Let's Tide 100.9 SC home of Alabama Sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we continue to monitor the conditions of the interstate. We do have that wreck, 2059 westbound at exit 76. Everything else appears to be clear. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. The year-end clearance is on now at Townsend Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. Join you're listening to Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. Yellowwood, pressure treated pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, then believe me, you don't want to go to yellowwood.com to find the dealer that is closest to you. All right, get right to the Yellowwood Hotline. He's the owner of TheBigSpur.com. Uh, has several different podcasts, one with Mike Morgan. We'll talk about that at the end of the segment. J.C. Sherbert. Good morning, J.C. How are you, my man? Hey, J.C. Yeah, good to be with you guys today. I'm sure the sun's a little brighter in Tuscaloosa this morning. Yeah, it is, except for you had a debate here last night. Your girl, Nikki Haley. They were trying Nikki to, Haley, was on, I was on her list. They were trying to beat her up last night, J.C. <laughs> I, got a, I got a I, thing from her every 15 minutes. I like Nikki Haley, J.C. Yeah. They were beating her up last night. Did you see that debate? Yeah, I, I like Nikki, too. Uh, you know, she, um, sometimes, you know, my, my best candidates are like guys, folks that use common sense, and they're not just rigid on one side or the other. She's a little flexible and probably what we need, but there's no way she's going to win. No. I mean, so I think these debates are kind of ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, un- unbelievable, you know, because the, <laughs> the man is out there holding his rallies and and uh, and all that. So I just, uh, I don't know. But, yeah, you asked me. I, mean, I, I like really all uh, – Vivek has kind of gone down my list a bit. I think he's too ridiculous. He's but those other three are pretty good. I mean – I'd probably vote for all three of them if if, uh, if given the chance. Yeah. So, JC, before we get to the games themselves, uh, because you're a recruiting guru and know what's going on, um, NCAA has come out with a, with a situation of where they they're going to really uh, give these players a lot of money plus the scholarship. My only question to you is this: It looks to me like that the that the teams below the Power Five. To, our conferences are just going to lose everything they've got. They're not going to have any interest, any money. Uh, when they find a player that can play, uh, he's gone after a year of when he, you know, to somewhere else was going to give him more money. Is is this not detrimental to the school? A lot of the schools below the power fives. 
Yeah, absolutely. But, but it already is. And, you know, talking to coaches on that level, they already deal with it. Um, in football, they sort of hope they stay two or three years. In basketball, it's maybe one. And, you know, with every guy from the portal a Power 5 team takes, that's a guy that normally would go Power 5 from the high school ranks you could take. So you do almost adjust and become a farm system, which I don't think anybody wanted. But, um, you know, if they break off, I think the group of five will end up, like I've said for years, give up the fantasy and have your own product, you know, do your own playoff at that level. We're all watching bowls between six and six MAC teams and seven to five Sun Belt teams anyway in December. So the the UABs of this world and the Middle Tennessees of this world would drop mm-hmm. down into their own playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and I would watch. I would rather watch a. Besides some of these bowls, uh, I'd probably rather watch a, you know, a, a, a Boise versus uh, UAB, um, Florida Atlantic. You know, name your your group of five team is pretty good. Tulane. I mean. That would be exciting to me. I, I think it would get ratings and make them money. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, because the bowls make money. I mean, the bowls used to be it's all about tickets and, well, and, and now it's just made for TV. And the ratings are they get more they get better ratings, coach. For well, a but, you, game. but you mentioned Tulane, and Tulane is one of these. When you walk in there, you're, you're not you're not knowing which side they go to the Power Fives or the, or the, the others. I think their their teams yeah. are kind of caught in the middle. Tulane's one well, of them. Two, Tulane's one of them. Memphis would be another. I think yep. Boise State. Now Oregon State and Washington State would be in that category. Really? Um, well, yeah, I mean, because they're about to basically merge with the Mountain West. Now, now, okay, so if you're the Power Five, though, do you let the whole Mountain West in? Because a lot of those schools out there are state university flagship schools, Wyoming, Colorado State, New Mexico, uh Boise State is in Idaho. It's the fourth fastest growing state in the country. Really? I mean, do you, do you kind of just say, all right, we're going to move all these guys up to have a West Coast conference or, or not? I mean, those are all decisions. Or do those schools have the money to pay the players? That's another question. It is. That's you know, how, how are the schools going to get the money? I mean, the Power Five is fine. But yeah. how's the school? And then my other question about it, and you guys, this probably makes y'all sick to y'all's stomach, maybe. What happens to the big dance in basketball? I mean, are we seriously just going to play a Power Five tournament? That's that is not what makes that tournament special, no. you know. Watching a fifteen and twelve South Carolina play a, you know, sixteen and sixteen Virginia Tech, and a, I mean, that, that I'd rather watch South Dakota State play Syracuse, or you know, in the, uh, you know, because there, there'll be no eliminate all the upsets, and that's what makes March Madness March Madness, right? So, what's going to happen with that sport, you know, and and. I don't know, you know, and I love football, guys. I'm a, This game's been good to me. I've made a good career out of following it, covering it, doing whatever. Man, oh, man, it's the monster that is eating the rest of the sports. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is good for Power 5 football, but for everyone else involved, it's just not. And I like it. I like it. I like it as far as how to, how to save what's going on with football and rosters and stuff. I like that part of it, but there's a lot of – Unintended consequences with, with that kind of plan. Uh, JC, uh, and I understand if you don't want to answer this question, uh, maybe you don't know. Uh, I'm sure you do, but uh, 
when guys take official visits, uh, they go uh, now, and I guess they still have to meet with the academic people. You do your normal official visit thing. Um, how's the NIL brought up with these kids? Do they just do they have NIL people they can go and sit down with? Uh, do they know when they go in? Do they know? Hey, this is kind of what we want to offer. Uh, this particular kid, I know the coach can't do it, but somebody with NIL can. Yeah, how's that done? Well, it's crazy because uh, this time around, it gets it gets crazier and crazier every year that we go. First year we had the portal; there wasn't a whole lot of NIL talk. Now it's all NIL, and crazy thing now is a lot of them have agents that are coming on the official visit with them. Oh gosh. <laughs> and so the agents will probably meet with the collective or the parents or whoever. Yeah. And they'll talk about it. But yeah, the, the agent, they look, I'll be honest, I know some agents and they're very stand up people and great. But then half of them I've never heard of before. It's like they put a shingle out and said, I, and there's a, I get emails all the time from company A, company B that just think they're going to cash in on all this. And that's not healthy either. The money's supposed to go to the players. So, um, so that's, that's kind of what happens. Uh, it is discussed, especially with transfer portal players. Um, you know, and, and all that, but, uh, you gotta be careful that you don't get into pay for play and all that, but it's, it's more, it's all hypothetical till they enroll anyway. So that's, uh, that's the deal there. Yeah. That. Uh, no use talking about who got in, who didn't. Let's talk about Georgia versus Florida state for a minute before we go to the game, other games. Uh, we'll have a little bit of a mental block maybe, uh, on both sides of, of, of those teams, uh, is this the kind of game that is going to draw attention to nationally? And and when the loser gets beat, they say, "Yeah, I knew. I'm glad they didn't pick him. They, they shouldn't have picked them." Is it going to be one of those kind of deals, Coach? I think it, it kind of depends on who actually plays. You know, how, how many Georgia kids and Florida State kids will Play. do the opt out thing? I mean, a few years back, I remember Florida played Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl, and all Oklahoma's guys were back, and half Florida's team was missing, and that was a Florida team that could have gone to the playoff, almost beat Alabama in the championship game. Uh, but, you know, the, the the biggest sucker line of the bowl season is Oklahoma's only given up 12 and a half, and Florida only had one receiver and Kyle Trask, and that was it. Everybody else was gone. And Florida and Oklahoma beat the stuffing out of them. So I think I think that's what depends on that game. That's a heck of a matchup. Um, I think it's a it's an opportunity for Florida State. Let's say Florida State wins that game, right? And let's say Alabama ends up being the national champion. The AP poll, knowing those people, they very well could vote Florida State as number one. <laughs> you think? No, seriously, because there's all this false outrage about it. I mean, you know, we, we're one part of the country, but then there's a big old rest of the country. Yep. out there that, that votes on these things. And yep. so uh, I think the coaches poll has to do the playoff. Would they, order, buy, but, ring, uh, would they buy rings? If they're voted number one in the AP, I'm pretty sure they would. I mean, it's not. it wouldn't be like UCF, which had okay. nobody voted them number one, and they still made ball rings and stuff. But uh, if, you're, if you're number one in the AP, I mean, there's precedent there. I mean, it's uh, we've yep. had split national titles before, but – and I, I think they'd do it just to stick it to the playoff committee. Uh, I, I, honestly, if Alabama wins it, they have to knock off Michigan and then either Texas or Washington. So if it's Texas, that eliminates their loss. I don't know why you wouldn't vote them number one, but 
you know, people want to prove a point and have an agenda. We have a we have a a, a bad attitude about Alabama because of this outside of the southeast. Uh, is the rest of the nation feeling like I, I can't see that Alabama should have gotten in? I think. Um, but is the south outside of the southeast? Do we have a negative feeling about Alabama getting in? Yeah, yeah, and throughout the state of Florida, uh, you know. But uh, it's uh, yeah. I mean, everything I read on the athletic, uh, which I like reading the athletic. There's a lot of good writers there, and they do good work. But they do promote their agendas when they want to, and. Uh, it's uh it's outrage, really. You know. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, oh, there's no way Florida State shouldn't have gotten in, blah, blah, blah. Those kids worked hard and and I'm like, Look, man, you wanna blame somebody for this, you need to blame the Atlantic Coast Conference. Yeah, you do. Because number one, you remember two years ago they formed this alliance, them and, and the Pac twelve and the Big Ten with uh you know, they made a deal with Don Corleone in the Big Ten and he had them both whacked because the Pac-12 no longer exists, and the ACC couldn't get into the playoff this year because it would have expanded this year, and we wouldn't have been talking about this. Florida State have been playing Liberty in the first mm-hmm. round, uh, and which, by the way, Liberty coming in over to SMU was more egregious in my opinion because all right, so Liberty had the worst strength of schedule in the country, the worst, one thirty-three out of one thirty-three. SMU played power five teams, beat Tulane on their home field, you know, finished a really solid 10-3. and three. So in that situation, they valued what? The undefeated team over the team with the better resume. And with Alabama and Florida State, they did. So that kind of, kind of shows the, the thinking is way off. You know, it's, it's is very a team like Liberty, is a team like Liberty considered a power five in the coming years? I wouldn't. Well, they have the money. Now, they have the money to be. They got... I mean, they're paying Chadwell four point five million a year. They're playing paying Hugh Freeze a lot too, uh, and they've got fantastic facilities. I mean, that school gets a lot of financial support. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're probably probably a little richer than than Vanderbilt as far as what they want to put in athletics. Uh, so, um, I think they would maybe be on the radar, but you know, I think they'd have to grow their fan base a bit. And, you know all that, so I, I I would hesitate to say yes, but financially, yeah, I would they too. definitely could could compete. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, let's look a minute at this Alabama Michigan game. Um, you know, SEC speed, maybe Alabama speed, is that a factor in this game? And, and what can you see Michigan shutting down Alabama, or maybe holding them to? I don't know, under 17. Uh, and will this, Alabama, will this Alabama defense be able to hold up against Michigan's offense? I, I just don't see Michigan being able to score enough points to beat Alabama. Uh, how do you see it, JC? Well, we'll see. And I'll, I'll give everybody a warning. You know, the last couple of years, Michigan, when they've gotten in the playoffs, they've been demonstrably slower than their opponent, Georgia, and then um, TCU. Then uh, TCU last year. I've watched a lot of this Michigan team this year, and they are not slow. <laughs> they're they're fast. They're as fast as an SEC defense, and they have skilled players that are fast on offense. They have a great quarterback. Um, you know, so I, I think it's a much more even matchup than maybe Georgia and Michigan was two years ago. And then the, both teams are physical and all that. I think it's gonna be a heck of a football game. I can't imagine a better setting. Then at five o'clock on New Year's, with the sun going down, 
in Pasadena, Michigan, and Alabama. Boy, that's uh, that, that that's going to be something. But I, uh, you know, I, I would I would caution everyone uh, into into believing that just Michigan's this big slow Big Ten team this year because they're not. I mean they they had no trouble matching up with Ohio State speed, and Ohio State's as fast as any SEC program. So. Uh, it's, it's just a different – they're a different animal this year than maybe in previous years. So uh, I would say probably a lower-scoring ball game, probably come down to a field goal. Wow. That... We have disappointments in the East going back to you're thinking of the SEC at Florida, uh, maybe to some degree at Tennessee. Um, and, of course, the West has made some coaching changes. Uh, is Florida going to hang in there with – with what they have, uh, what, what do you hear about that? Well, I think next year's certainly a big year, guys. Hold on to your hats for this stat. The Gators have had four straight losing seasons. Three straight losing seasons. That's not, that hasn't happened since the 40s, um, even before they were good. You know, they always could you know have winning seasons. And so you look at next year, their schedule's ridiculous. I mean, they drew a very tough conference schedule. I think Texas, mm-hmm. I, think, hey, I think Texas, Georgia, all those yeah. schools are on it. Um, and then in the non-conference, they have Florida State, they have Miami, and they got UCF. So they're playing eleven Power Five teams next year. So, so if Billy gets to what seven and five next season, and gets that schedule, do you keep on keeping on, or or is the demand there bigger? Because keep in mind, you know, Will Muschamp got fired after a seven and five. Um, Zook got fired after an eight and four. Uh, Mullen got fired after he was six and six. But you know, those types of seasons they they've had under Napier the first two years are unacceptable. So, do they have? Does he have to make up for it and go ten and three against that schedule? I don't know. You know, but it's going to be interesting. I I think they made the right move sticking with him because you you just can't keep changing coaches every three years. You know, especially with the transfer portal and everything. I mean, your your roster is going to get gutted. I mean, so um, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I I think that the the problem with the Gators next year is definitely going to be that schedule, and that's just uh, that's just uh, way too difficult. uh, I think uh, for for an SEC team to be playing. Uh, JC, I, I know you know Coleman Hutzer uh, well. He was at South Carolina, I think, sixteen to nineteen. Um, he's going to go be the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Uh, and I understand guys want to be coordinators. I need to get that on their resume. But boy, 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 uh, Mississippi State uh, whew, might be the worst job uh, other than Vanderbilt. Maybe in the SEC, it's going to be difficult to have a great defense of it, even if you're a great coach. Is that a good career move? I know. I, think more, he's I know ready. money. I know money. And I know. I'm not saying he's not ready. I'm just saying you can be ready, but take the wrong job, and then it makes it look like you're not a good coordinator. People start using all these stats against you. Uh, just your thoughts on that? Well, keep in mind who he's calling a defense for. I mean, they Jeff Levy is a Art Browles, Lane Kiffin, uh, Josh Heupel type of guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, actually, Heupel's offense at Tennessee is based a lot on Browse and you know, Levy's, Levy's Browse son-in-law. So they're going to go ultra fast, and that that hurts your defense as well. You know, because you that type of offense, as we saw with Tennessee this year, when they're not firing 
and they're not completing passes, it's a lot of short three and outs, and your defense gets worn out. So, to me, I'm looking at that. You know, I also look at Mississippi State. You know, and it, it is not probably not one of the higher ranked jobs in the league, but they always have pretty good defensive talent that comes out of that state. That uh, I mean, they're usually tough on D, even under Leeds, they're pretty tough on D. But uh, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I, I think Coach Hustler. I think the world of him. He's a really, really intelligent guy. Uh, probably after coaching for Saban all these years, he's ready. I mean, he's coached at Texas. He's sure. coached at Alabama. Um, you know, uh, so I guess he, he knows D, but uh, that is a tough it, – it'd be tough for anybody uh, on the defensive side to go coach with that offense. It's not very complimentary football. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will happen there. Uh, like I said, pros and cons, Mississippi State always has good players on that side, but, boy – yeah, I mean, you start going fast, your offense is misfiring. You're going to get gutted. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what he's making here, but I mean, I would say if Ole Miss is paying their coordinator two million, then you need to pay me two million and get a three year contract. And there, he's probably uh, then more than doubled his salary. So it's easier for me to say yeah. don't do that. But uh, when you're looking at that kind of money, uh, especially at his age, I probably you probably have to take it. I just worry about you know being. A difficult career move, uh, where if you hang here at Alabama, uh, these guys get head coaches out of jobs out of here. So, um, but hopefully, we wish him yeah. luck uh, as he goes over there. I know you would know. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. And he can, he can always, you know, you know. Let's say it doesn't work out at Mississippi State. You know, the guy could always go, you know, get a get another special teams job or a linebacker. I mean, he he's got he's got a good resume. So sure. you know, but and, and but money wise, man, if you can go for your family. I mean, these assistants are usually on one, two-year deals at most. They're not like head coaches. You don't get the golden parachute. So coordinators sometimes now can. So uh, if you're going to transform your family's fortunes financially, um, I think it's it's there are no really bad jobs, right? Yeah, not in this league. <laughs> so there you go. All right, J.C., tell everybody where they can find you and get your podcast, all your great stuff. Yeah, we actually did a J.C. and Morgan on Selection Sunday this week, broke down the, the, the 14 playoff uh, we were uh, broadcasting live when it came out, me and Mike. Uh, really, really good stuff. So go to jcmorgan.com. Download the Chief Sports app uh, for that content and other content. Uh, we'll have some Alabama-Auburn content on it soon. So uh, go ahead and get out of it. It's free. It's on uh, iTunes uh, or the App Store on Apple and then also on Google Play. The tide's back, JC. The tide is back. So, the tide has risen. Yeah, hey, yeah. I don't think you think Kirby's ever going to beat Saban in Atlanta. <laughs> I don't Never. know. Uh, it was that's got to kill him, man. Yeah, that's got to kill him. I think he's handled it with class. He's kind of just been quiet, and uh, sure. so you know, I know he's hurting. Though you know, it kills him. So he'll be grinding. Thank you, JC. Thanks, JC. Thanks, fellas. All See right, you. we'll take this break. We'll get back, and then they'll wrap up the seven o'clock hour. Uh, take your phone calls in the 8 o'clock hour, 205-342-9904. Somebody needs to call and you know, give Noah a little caffeine over there. He looks like he's a little tired over there. So pump him up. He looks a tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, we continue to monitor the conditions of the interstate. We do have that wreck, 2059 westbound at exit 76. Everything else appears to be clear. If you see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. The year-end clearance is on now at Towns and Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine and full supply today, the high 59. Tonight, fair with a low at 38. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day. A few showers are possible tomorrow night, the high 66. Saturday, cloudy and mild. A few showers are likely, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 33 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Never miss a moment of the action. Download the free Tide 100.9 app today. Take this top of the hour break. We want to thank Pressure Treated Pine from Great Southern. If it doesn't have the yellow tag on it, you don't want it. Phone lines are open 205-342-9904. Dad, I got a I got an NIL question for you when we get back, and uh, I want to see, get your thoughts on it. It's kind of, kind of interesting where I think Alabama might have a leg up on the rest of the country oh, based, on, based on something that has happened in the past. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a Town Square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Eddie Garcia. News from Major League Baseball, where the New York Yankees acquired outfielder Juan Soto from the San Diego Padres as part of a seven-player deal. Soto just turned 25 as a three-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger winner, won a National League batting title in 2020, and was a World Series winner with the Nationals in 2019. In NBA games of note, Joel Embiid scored 50 points, leading the 76ers to a 131-126 win over the Wizards. Clippers knock off the Nuggets 111-102 despite a triple-double from star Nikola Jogic for Denver, but he was also 9 of 32 from the field. Luka Dodgic had a triple-double in the first half for the Mavericks as they crushed the Jazz 147-97. to 97. Dodgic finished with 40 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. Cavaliers over the Magic 121-111. to 111. Grizzlies hand the Pistons their 18th loss in a row, 116-102. to 102. Timberwolves top the Spurs 102-94. That's 15 losses in a row for San Antonio. College basketball number 8 Marquette beat number 12 Texas 86-65. Inside the locker room with former Crimson Tide basketball coach Wimp Sanderson and his son, former SEC and ACC assistant basketball coach Barry Sanderson. It's time to take you inside the locker room on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to the second hour of Inside the Locker Room, 205-342-99. Four, if you want to jump in on the show with us this morning, my Allstate insurance agent is Andrew Kniffer. Uh, Andrew is an outstanding uh, guy. Uh, he does a great job for me. I love uh, doing business with Andrew. Anything I have a personal relationship with him, so anytime I need anything, uh, it's extremely easy. I can literally shoot him a text, and he'll take care of me. He's at 4705 McFarland Boulevard, Suite 3 over in Northport. I highly recommend Andrew and the staff. Give him a call today, 205-722-9201. Make the switch, and you'll be extremely happy, just like I am with Andrew hey, Knipper. Yes. I don't want to get back on – I'll go to your question. I don't want to go back on all this argument, but – uh, it, it sounds like that because Alabama was a one-loss team versus a team that had not lost, uh, in the minds of football fans who are not completely football fans, they don't know everything there is to know, naturally, uh, there's a lot of resentment there. Uh, 
because of one loss versus a no loss. But here's, right. what I, here's what I don't okay, understand. If sure. Alabama would have lost to Georgia, Texas still would have been in over Florida State. So Florida State wasn't going to be in either way because uh, Texas had Alabama. So it would have been Georgia 1, uh, Washington 2, uh, yeah. Florida, not Florida State, no, Texas would have been in. Uh, who else would have been in? Who, uh, Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. Yes. Yeah, you me. can't, uh, the problem, you can't, you can't reasonably argue with these people because they don't really understand, you know, your, your point is correct. But, you know, you, as far as when they look, when they look at it as a whole and they get, you know, Alabama does this, that you can't, you can't beat them. They're going to get in anyway, all that kind of stuff. Nick Saban's got a hold over everybody, that kind of stuff. It just, um, it is what it is and not much you can do about it, really. Yeah. All right. Here's my question for you. Uh, and I think I know the answer. You know, Auburn, they say Hugh Freeze is out politicking for money, that he needs money. Yeah. Uh, they just flipped uh, the kid from Phoenix City. Uh, they've got some big-time receivers coming in. Now, if you look at Alabama, if you just take their quarterbacks alone, if you consider Jalen Hurts, which Alabama people do, is an Alabama player, he's got a $250 million contract. Uh, to uh, to uh, He's got, what, $40 million more, probably more. I'm probably messing that up. Mac Jones uh, making first-round money, big-time money. Uh, Bryce Young was the number one pick in the draft. He's making, what, guys, $18 million? Uh, he's making a bunch. They, that, right there alone, you got over $300 million, and just the quarterbacks. Uh, right now, currently, Dad, in uh, the NFL, you have uh, 57 players that are in the NFL on an active roster. My question to you is, does Nick Saban go to these NFL guys and say, hey, guys, you know, can you put a little money in this NIL fund? Or does he have an administrator? Do they go after these NFL yeah. guys to ask them to put some money in the NIL coffers saying, hey, man, Alabama was good to you. Uh, let's let's pay it ahead. When you were here, it wasn't possible. These guys got so much money. What's a few hundred thousand dollars or whatever? Do you go to those guys, I guess is my question. Well, I think you do to some of them. Um, I'm going to say something. Maybe the Phillips and the Toms can call in. Um, behind the scenes, I, I know this for a fact, Alabama does not have as much money as you might think they do. And the reason for that is uh, the Alabama fans are somewhat spoiled. Uh, there, is a, there is a group of rich people, but they are some, of some degree spoiled. I, I know that for a fact. And Coach was upset at the very beginning of the NIL stuff that they weren't getting money that they were living off past history. And I don't know if that, that, that the success that Alabama has had this year will that will that make it a little bit different. But uh, the Auburns of this world, for what for because of the as I've already said, the land grant colleges for some reason, the Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, and the Clemson's. Now they're going they're going to probably give as much money as you you know they can get a lot of money, and. Um, I think Alabama is just based on that. And that's a good point. If he can go, if he can go there and and to uh, uh, you know get get people that have played Alabama to give money, I think that's fine. I don't know that when you leave the school, you have a good feeling for it. But uh, uh, 
how much of that big money you would give them, I think, is sort of, I, I don't know. I don't really know the answer to that. Um, I mean, you know, you get Texas, those oil guys over there, they're making. Yeah. So, you know, I, I remember, and this wasn't for NIL, but uh, there were certain assistant ADs at Alabama. I'm not going to say their name, but they would go to Robert Ory and try to get money, and Robert was not going to give them a dime. He just wasn't going to give them money. No. Uh, and it wasn't for it was for whatever. Uh, so they would kept trying to tap into him. I don't know. Maybe they could have certain guys. Just I guess he looked at it as like, look, I did so much for the University of yeah. Alabama. Y'all made so much money off of me. I'm not giving, and maybe I shouldn't be sure. saying this. Robert may not want this out, but Robert didn't want to give money. Uh, so I don't know if there's a way to give and it be a tax write off for these guys. Uh, these guys are in the NFL with Alabama football. Yeah. You gotta have the right people going to them and asking them. Uh, I think if Coach Saban did it, they'd probably do it. But you think Coach would even be comfortable doing that? I don't think he would. I, I think what happens to the athletic director is getting a pile of money coming in each year um, from from the SEC office, as as the other schools are too. And he's got it coming in from different places. But uh, I think he's he made he's darn sure that um, and and basketball is doing really well with their money. Um, I think he is uh, pouring whatever he needs to pour into to keep Nick ha- Nick Nick and them happy and satisfied and having the ability to go in and recruit. Now we're fixing to go into a time that uh, it's it's really going to be me against you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're into a bidding war now among us. If we're all power fives and we're recruiting against power fives, it is going to be a bidding war between ourselves like we've never had before. You've mentioned several times uh, the worth of a scholarship. And uh, the athletic directors come out and say what a scholarship is worth over a year, and it's worth a great deal, more than people ever realize. So giving the scholarship and then trying to give the money and then, um, you know, is, is, is a booger bear. The scholarship in itself is big, but you're not going to get a, a great player or a good player for a scholarship anymore. That's, that's over with. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I just, I'd be curious if coach would even be comfortable doing that. Uh, or if, uh, I mean, you think Jalen Hurts, if, you, if, if coach Saban called Jalen Hurts and said, Hey, do you mind putting a million dollars in, in this thing? Woo. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't uh, think you'd do it. Yeah. Uh, of course, if you do it one, they, they probably need you to do it yearly like putting it in there one time uh hey would you commit to you know a hundred thousand a year or whatever what, what might what might work is all the guys in the pros have a collective agency that would but takes certain amount of money from each one of them uh that, that are willing to give and have a pot like that get, given to the rather than coach calling them to have somebody you know organize those guys who are in there that are making the big bucks and see if they would be willing to to give because I'm telling you right now, it's it's a going to be a giving deal, uh, you know, in order to get get players. It's it's uh, going to be quite unreal. I think I think it, the, and I don't know what more is to come. They they made made the statement today that more was to come about how they're going to handle it. So. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll take the break here. We'll get Coach Jack Crow in, have him break it down for us. This is a tie 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. 
at 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. We're forecasting sunshine and full supply today, the high 59. Tonight, fair with a low at 38. Tomorrow, partly sunny during the day. A few showers are possible tomorrow night, the high 66. Saturday, cloudy and mild. A few showers are likely, the high at 71. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 33 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Two-time state champion and two-time NIT champion, Barry Sanderson breaks down the latest in sports on Inside the Locker Room on Tide 100.9. Wayne's Pest Control, serve over 100,000 customers across Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi since 1973. At the great folks at Wayne's, make sure your home is protected from those unwanted pests. Wayne's provides world-class termite protection, general pest control, and mosquito prevention services. They also keep that lawn looking lush and healthy. Get it ready for the winter so it'll be ready to uh, be green and look great in the summer as well. 866 Wayne's one gets $60 off your initial pest control service all right whenever we want to really break it down uh that'll go to coach jack crow he's always very accommodating to be on with us two basketball idiots and talk football in depth coach crow good morning how are you sir uh, jack. good how are you barry good. hey wimp good wimp. uh jack um yeah I will, I, i'm not going to belabor this with you but uh we have a lot of discontent about not uh, people around the United States about Alabama getting in uh, a one loss team getting in versus a team that did not win, did not lose. Um, you were at a little bit of a different level. You were at, you were at Auburn, and then you were at Jacksonville. Uh, uh, your thoughts on that? Well, I've got one particular way I relate to it. You know, in, in 1983. Uh, uh, New York Times said we were the best team in the country. Several other computer-based, uh, you know, we opened up by losing to Texas. Does that sound familiar? Yep. <clears throat> and then and then finished by beating Michigan. Does that sound familiar? Yep. Um, and Michigan was highly ranked, but we had beaten three top ten teams that year. Um, and as it turned out, Miami ended up on the field with with uh, 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 Nebraska. Nebraska had been a solid number one. Uh, and I think because a lot because of what the television promoting was around that Orange Bowl game, uh, they were number one. <clears throat> Honestly, I doubt my mind would not feel by with Miami, we'd beat them. Um, so uh, I've, I've, I've been close to that before. Um, I don't think anybody's got the quality wins Alabama's got. I mean, they, they beating Ole Miss, beating uh, top twenty teams, two of them, who at the time were, you know, were maybe one loss teams when they beat them, and then beating Georgia. Uh, I don't think Florida State's done that. If they, if this is just about the justification of Alabama over Florida State. Um, and you have to say, well, who who went on the field with who? Well, ask Las Vegas because they get it right more than anybody else. I think Las Vegas would verify that you know who what's on the what 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 would the betting line look like in these deals? And there's no question that uh, Alabama.
Alabama deserves to be there. Uh, just along with the case, though, too, that, hey, all this money that everybody is spending that comes from one place, television. What's best for television ought to be best for everybody. And what's best for television is the four teams they've got on there. Well, this question, just right along with it before Barry gets on, uh, you have a you have a coach who is not with his team for six games, three of them for recruiting violations, three of them for for uh, other violations of scouting. Uh, would it have been proper to have left Michigan off? Well, not for their players in their university, and, uh, and, and you know, I don't, I don't think I'll, there's no evidence that any competitive edge was really came out of all that. Um, and, and I, I think that would be, I just, I wouldn't think that would be right. No. Yeah, well, you're slower at answering it. So I think you're not sure. Well, well, the thing I'm saying is it almost sounds like the other side of Florida state, what was fair for their players. And, but it, if we just keep this thing about on the field, they're, they're not the same thing, you know, uh, things that are out of your control. So, um, listen, I think I told you last time we were on here, uh, who the four were going to be, except I had, I had Oregon beating Washington and I'll tell you what, the, the thing that's here lately that's got my attention is how God dang good is Washington. Now you, you roll out there and beat that same team twice. That is a hell of a football team. I, you know, I think, I think Washington may be for us in this part of the world is the team that we are the farthest away from. And I've done a little study on that coach. Now that is a hell of a football coach. They got they got a they got an evolution of a Nick Saban kind of guy out there. Yeah, uh, we're talking with Coach Jack Crow. Coach, walk me through uh, as a play caller uh, when Georgia came out. They had. Uh, scripted plays for that first drive uh and they literally took it right down the field he's like oh this is going to be a long uh game and alabama makes uh adjustments i think coach talked about the down line and they they changed that up i was watching it uh on the sec network didn't really realize how technical football was but but uh, shouldn't Georgia have another script if Alabama adjusts the here? Then these are the plays we're going to run. How, how many scripted deals do you have as an offense? It seems like after Alabama made an adjustment, Georgia kind of went in the tank offensively. Uh, well, was the well, there's only so far you can go without losing who you are in the idea of, of let's take everything that we can see that can that can hurt them. Which, quite honestly, Georgia's game plan, I mean, um, uh, Auburn's game plan that looked like they could run the ball so well, particularly early, excuse me, Chattanooga's, well, let me go back. Auburn's game plan was based on what they saw in the Chattanooga game. Chattanooga brought some man blocking schemes against the deployed Alabama defensive line that was lined up for, for, and, and, and to play, uh, zone blocking schemes. Auburn turned around and just copied those. And, and when you're seeing something you've never seen before, you do just have the advantage of it being different. But how far can you go with different before you get away from who you are? Yeah. Because there's only, there's only so much room you can go there. Uh, Auburn, uh, I mean, how many people take four running plays they don't run from Chattanooga? And you sort of, you sort of.
sort of don't care because you're not very good anyway. So you're relying on new to be your advantage. Well, new will only take you so far. When you got Kevin in the box, you give me a little new, I'll give you something new too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was actually speaking about Georgia. Changing. Yeah, I was saying Georgia. Uh, you know, they went right down the field, and so Alabama made adjustments. Uh, so yeah, I, they went right down the field. They went right down the field using some things. In my opinion, I I, I can't say this literally, using some things that surprised Alabama because they hadn't seen them on film. It doesn't yeah. take but a little tweak here, a little tweak there. Something that you've done. One thing about being highly predictable, and I used to get screamed at and talked about, God, we can call the plays, Jack. And I used to say, yeah, so can the defense, which is exactly where I want them to be when I do something they don't expect. What about, uh, they talked about Alabama, I mean, Georgia, uh, this will mean more than you than it does, doesn't it? I mean, I know what a spy means, but they had two spies uh, for Jalen Monroe, which maybe hurt their pass rush where he's back there all day. Uh, Sometimes can you overthink it and outsmart yourself in those situations. Yep. And and that's, yes. And that is the effect of, <laughs> I don't know. When you, when you fear something, it controls you. I mean, literally, and, I, and, and you could tell a couple of times I saw Kirby give a report and he just seemed to be obsessed with, with Melrose. And you gotta, you gotta make sure somebody, you know, doesn't cause you to do something that really is going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. And I think that's what – I think they, they overreacted. Not not that, you know, they did what they thought they had to do and they had to do something because the guy – he's one of – he may be the hardest to defend football player playing football this year in college football. When you look at the impact of what happens if he gets a step ahead of you, you got these other quarterbacks that can run around and escape. He's got one more dimension. You get caught man coverage with him, and he's escaped. You're gonna, you ain't gonna catch him. All these other guys that are running around, they don't have the finishing he's got. So uh, when you throw his, when you put it in his arm strength, his, it looks like he's finally learned to throw the intermediate ball and the deep ball. His ability to avoid and and keep from being tackled in short distances really that's that's the one that got me right there how good he really is at that and then he can take off and wave at you for the last 20 yards uh you can't say that about any other quarterback in the country <laughs> let me ask you this uh and dad i feel jump in i don't think this is talked about enough i think you coach differently when you're the underdog so when coach saban and them to run out the second half, they call timeout. You think they're going to go for it on fourth down. They don't They don't get them to jump all sides. They call timeout. You think they're getting ready to run the punt team out there. And yeah. it goes for it on fourth down. And they get it. Uh, yeah. You know, that's a kind of an underdog mentality. We got nothing to lose. I think that one call right there. Because I think Georgia probably thought they were going to come back out and punt the football and, and bomb made, made a great yeah. catch on the play. But I think right. the guts to make that call really energized Coach's football team going into the half uh, no. to, to push them through. No question. And 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 I'll I'll take a guess at this. That wasn't preconceived. Um, that that literally is what generalship means on the sideline. I mean, you're the general. This is the army. 
but they all were going to play off the, you know, off the, the leadership that, and, and, and the command is really the word, the command that you have of what's going on right now and what can affect the game in the moment. And I think that was something, and that, you know, that's what, that's what great leaders do. They command the moment. And he, you know, he, you know, you, you think about all your scenarios. I mean, the last six hours that you're awake before you, before you play a game, a head coach's head is all the, all the command situations that can come up. Couldn't you call an onside kick? Da, da, da. I mean, there, there, there are hundreds of them. Okay. Cause you had so many of these experiences as a coach, one time experience that you've had hundreds of them. He's probably never done that before. I don't remember him ever doing that before, but he had the capacity to do whatever it took. Now, if that was uh, uh, a fear of failure, there wasn't any fear of failure. Now, if that was because they were underdogs, so be it. But I've seen him do it when they weren't underdogs. Yeah, I- I've seen him be favored and and make an onside kick in some of these big games. And I'm going, whoa! You talk about taking command of the field, you know. Uh, but you know, great leaders have a. Uh, a capacity in the moment to take command of the moment and and turn the moment into their own, and he did. Yeah, yeah. Alabama's in the Final Four because of this, and I, I hate to ask because I, I it's not fair to to second guess people in coaching. I, I don't think think, uh, but I would like to just hear what you had to say about it because I I get so much stuff. Tell me what you need to do on fourth and thirty one. Uh, a, ga- a, a play that uh, will go down in history, but a, a play that put that, that play that does not work, as Barry said, it ain't no Final Four. Uh, well, when, you, when you when you rush two and, and keep the rest back, whatever you do, I, I'm not trying to second guess him at all. I just well, our radio. I, I don't, he, he defended the call just right away, right after the with, and I and you know I say okay, it wasn't a call. But if it wasn't a call, I had I, I really had the impression uh, after Milrow held the ball a certain amount of time. I'm watching television, but as I got the shots of what was going on downfield, they may have called zone, but they were playing man. They were chasing everybody through their zones, okay. and by the time he held the ball so long. They were really just chasing. They had their backs turned, some of them, and that's the reason the ball. The, the real, the real difference is by the time the ball got there, it almost looked like they were in pure man coverage. That guy did. He didn't have a chance to make a play on the ball. He couldn't see the ball. Well, the ball was going to be in, in air a long time. If you don't stay in a zone per, perspective. There could have been five people around that ball when it got there. Five. As long as that ball, if people were just distributed and kept their zone principles and kept their distribution. Well, nobody knows this better than basketball people. you got to keep your distribution. But they they somehow started running and chasing. Uh, the original you know, plan was run it, all the receivers to one spot and do that, throw it up, and they jump up, and everybody's in a the gang. They either catch it or tip it. Uh, like Nick said, I, I, we've run that play a thousand times in practice. It's never worked. I, I, he's right. It never works. But what it did was run all of them out of zone coverage into man. And then, so the, the, 
the you know the coaching point is you may have called zone Auburn, but you played man. All right, that's coaching. That's coaching. If you call zone, you've got to maintain some discipline and keep eyes on the ball. Eyes on the man is man. Eyes on the ball is zone. By the time, by the time that actually the ball went there, there wasn't nobody even saw the goddamn ball but the receiver. Now that's that's loss of discipline and, and the concept of what you're what you're lined up. In. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. I understand zone and man. I play both of them. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I asked Dad this uh, prior to bringing you on. We talking NIL. We're, we're seeing Auburn. Uh, flip the guy from Phoenix City. Um, Alabama has a ton of guys, coach 57 guys in the NFL. They got quarterbacks, uh, if you count Jalen Hurts, making well over $300 million. Uh, If you were Nick Saban, would you go to those NFL guys, the Humphreys and those guys, and see if they would be willing to, to give back a little bit towards NIL? Would you let an administrator handle it, or would you just leave those guys alone? Oh boy, you you talking about an internal question here now? This sounds like something. I, I this sounds like one of them kind of questions. We only had four people in the room. We made sure the door was shut. Yeah. <laughs> that's what inside the locker room is, coach. <laughs> we would have had this one in the locker room. We'd have had this on the top floor. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I tell you, uh, Nick has been, in my opinion as conservative as you could be about this whole thing without being stupid, which Dabo got stupid. But he's, you know, he's, I don't think he's ever going to bite the hook on this. But I, what you said has, has one uh, comforting side, I think, to somebody that has Nick's prowess and, and the loyalty that he gets from those players is I think for for Nick, the more he could keep this in the family of football, and that would be doing this, what you suggested, that would be a you know let's 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 just do our own business. Let's not turn this over to some billionaire in Dallas that graduate that's adopted the Alabama football because he's from Pineapple or whatever. Let, let's not turn our program over. Uh, to people at the end of the day, they, they really don't know what we do and what kind of relationships we want to have between players. And they could be a distraction to players when they start putting money. I mean, those those people are finally going to find their way into these guys' lives, I can tell you. Is that going to be all in good? Probably not. Uh, so I could see that as a, as a means of keeping loyalty uh, you know, it's family taking care of family. I could see that. I think it's a very. I think I would. It would be worthwhile to have that conversation. Would he do it or not? You know, there's part of Nick that I see very clearly. There's part of him that, uh, quite honestly, this is this is a compliment to him. There's part of him. I call it. I'm following the game that he's playing like he's playing checkers, and every once in a while I realize he's playing chess. Um, I, we had a guy that does uh, over NIL at South Carolina. I was asking about, you know, official visits now and how do they get to the NIL talk. And he told me that these kids now are bringing their agents on the visit. Can you imagine? Yeah. Uh, 
You know, when, who's, that, who's that guy over there? Oh, that's my agent. Uh, can you yeah. imagine Coach Bryant uh, doing something uh, like that? Or even Coach Saban, really, to be honest with you. Well, I, I think I think the encounter of the coach, which primarily used to be, you know, we, we recruited players, but as I told my guys, and I think most coaches the same way, you better really realize who you're recruiting is that is probably the mama, but it's it's the parental structure. Or if the parental structure isn't in charge, it's probably telling you that you better look close at the character of the person if his parents didn't didn't raise him strong or weren't strong parents. So, you know, I would look at whether there's a relationship between the parent and this person. And I would make real sure that that everything I did with anybody was tied directly to that to that parent. I mean, the, the biggest NIL uh, you've ever seen the uh, the Mike the the movie. I, I wasn't it called Fly or whatever it was about Nike and, and Michael Jordan. Uh, y'all saw that movie, didn't you? And and the whole time that there was an NIL game being played between Michael Jordan and Nike, there was one person in charge, his mama. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where strength comes from. I, I, if I saw somebody operating and not being a representative of the parents, I wouldn't waste my time with him. And I'd be, I'd be pretty close that that's what Nick's approach would be. Yeah. If you're not dealing with parents, these are these 18 year olds. Don't start thinking you're dealing with a pro because you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And if their their lives have escaped. Uh, the ability of their parents to run it, you're probably headed for tr- for for trouble. I had Wimp always when one got in trouble, I always knew the truth of it because when they got across my desk, the first thing I said is, "Do you want me to call your parents?" And all I had to do was wait for the next reaction, and I knew whether I'd made a good decision or not signing this guy because if I heard, "No, no, coach, don't call my mom," <laughs> yeah. I knew I was going to win. Yeah, you okay, had, you had the right one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but when they said, "Oh yeah, go ahead," I'm going, "Oh crap!" Yeah, she, she won't care. Call her. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's right. Her. Oh boy. <laughs> and I think that I think the same thing is true with this thing. If if this is not about the parents, I mean, I'd almost say if I'm, I'm projecting myself in something, shoot, I'd never really know what it was because I've never experienced it. But I would not talk to a representative that that kid pointed at unless uh, I, I'm going to call your mom and see who he really represents. Yeah. That's what I say to that player. Yeah. I'm going to call your mom, and and I and if I got the wrong answer from that kid, I'd never put him in my locker room. Yeah. That anything else for coach? For no, you I go? guess not. You know, we'll talk about uh, Michigan, Alabama, and, and I also want to talk about Georgia and FSU, but we've got plenty of time to do that. Any any just one thought about Michigan and Alabama? Just one thought? I think, I think Alabama's going to win the national championship is what I think, and I, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Michigan is going to arrive a very confident football team, and I think it'll all be uh, they'll watch film. I mean, it, it's you know, we... It, at Auburn, we played Michigan in the Sugar Bowl. Bo came to visit us that spring, and he says, "You know, watching watching that last game y'all played, which was the Auburn Alabama game, 
we knew we had never been in a game like that before. Now, people at Michigan, they would die if they heard that. Bo Schembechler told me that in my office. That's my point. They, they've not been in a game like when they saw Alabama playing Georgia. That ain't Ohio State, Michigan. I don't want to be the first to say this. It's different. And, and they're, they're not going to, I mean, they're going to arrive with, you know, certainly the, confidence of who they are and what they've done. They're not going to be confident against Alabama, and Alabama's going to beat them. i tell you the one that really scares me. I think they'd beat Texas again. i tell you once, I'm telling you now, Washington, that's a different animal out there than what I thought it was. Yeah. And we'll see. Well, Jack, you're always great. Thank I appreciate you being on. Thank you. We appreciate you. Thank All you, right, guys. I'll call you next All week. Right. All right, there's Coach Coach Jack Crow. Uh, And none of us had to deal with that uh, when we were recruiting, but, boy, what a a lot to think about there. All right, it's something about Bob Prince and Prince Glover and Hayes. Prince Glover and Hayes, I talk about it at this hour every every day. Prince Glover and Hayes at 345-1234 are attorneys that can help you if you end up with a bad accident, a bad injury that you feel like uh, didn't have to happen. Uh, was really not uh, an accident, just somebody being very, very careless with you, and you didn't know what to do about it, then Prince Glover and Hayes can give you some great advice. They'll sit down with you on the telephone uh, first, probably, and visit with you and see if you want to go further with it. And then they go by 701 Rice Mine Road, visit with them in person, and Prince Glover and Hayes will do a good job to represent you if you decide to do that. 345-1234. Prince Glover and Hayes. PrinceLaw.net is the website. If they don't win, then you don't pay. Phone lines will be open. You guys want to comment on uh, what we talked about with Coach Crow? Would you reach out to these NFL guys if you were uh, Nick Saban in Alabama? 205-342-9904. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama sports. No representation is made that the quality of services performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. Tide 100.9 Traffic. From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, we have a wreck southbound on Veterans Memorial Parkway at Loop Road. You can expect delays there. No other issues to report, but of course, if you do see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. The year-end clearance is on now at Towns and Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. What's for- with the Crimson Tide. Local high school sports and Bama in the pros right here. On Tide 100.9. Well, they a great sponsor, Tuscaloosa Toyota. We enjoyed visiting with Justin uh, yesterday. Talked about all the great new inventory they got out there and, and coming in. If you want to purchase a car for the holidays or a truck or SUV, that Grand Highlander, head out to Skyland Boulevard. You go to the website, TuscaloosaToyota.com. Look at the do inventory, uh, the used inventory. You also uh, can schedule a service right there at the website. Go to TuscaloosaToyota.com. All right, get to the Tuscaloosa Toyota hotline here and get Raymond in from Huntsville. Good morning, Raymond. Hey, good morning, Coach. I'll do it. Good morning, you? Uh, you, sir. Enjoying the show pretty good. I want to ask y'all, have y'all ever talked to any uh, tax CPAs that specialize in how they write off uh, donations to the University for NIL if it falls on the, some federal IRS statute that allow people that make donations to write that off? Uh, no, but you, you bring up a good point. Maybe I'll try to get uh, 
get an accounting on and, and see if that's possible, see how uh, people can do that and try to use that as a tax write-off. So I don't know the answer to that, but it's something we can try to explore here now with, uh, you know, not a lot of football games. It would be something to look into. Yeah, no, I was just saying in the future, I appreciate it. And I, I remember back when uh, Coach Brown was coaching, I worked with Tuscaloosa News, but they used to assign coaches and give them the week off before the next game they played. Like they'd have Coach Hennessy assigned to Tennessee. Uh, they would actually go up to the stadium and and uh, watch the game that they played. That like all familiar with that. Yeah. yeah, back back then you could go and you could go and and scout uh, in person. Right. That rule has been changed yep. since then. Old rules have changed, though. How yeah. they? Yeah, sure. Have. Okay. Thank y'all. I appreciate your show. Thank yeah, you, Randy. Thank you. Um, yeah, and that I, I don't know. I know. Um, at one point, Texas A&M was trying to look at donations and and yeah. use it as a tax write-off, and I think they kind of did away with that. Uh, if, if Bert sounds, if you're listening, shoot me a text there. So I think they kind of tried to take that those loopholes away, where if you're like buying uh, these premium tickets, that's not a and using it for um, for clients, or whatever. You can't use that as a tax write-off. But I'd find out about the NIL. That would certainly help. <laughs> Uh, people give, I'm sure, if they could use it as a tax yeah, write-off. I, I think ADs are in, involved with that a lot, so I don't know. Yeah, so uh, real quick, and then we'll get to break. Uh, Alabama travels uh, to Toronto, Canada yeah. uh, to take on Purdue in the Hall of Fame uh, series over in Toronto. Toronto is a really, really nice place. I've been over there one time. We were with uh, South Carolina, so it shouldn't be a real big home court advantage for anybody no. uh, over there. But just your thoughts about Alabama going and playing Purdue. And how, how would you guard a guy like Zach Eady if you were Alabama? Well, I'd do the best I could. I'd really guard the perimeter people. I'd be darn sure that the perimeter people didn't beat me because I was spending all my time trying to defend him. And I'd do everything I possibly could on, on my defensive boards. Uh, their offensive boards, if I could not catch that ball, I'd slap it out of there. I'd get it away from the rim as quick as I could. If I could, because he, you know, when you say seven four or whatever it is, seven five, it's just a situation where you just, you know, you're just so difficult to defend him. But uh, you know, you got to know who their shooters are. You got to have a feel for it as the game goes on. But I think you got to guard the perimeter people, um, and you got to show different looks on him defensively inside. Is that? With Alabama having stretched fives, you know, now he's got a guard as well, right? And he won't be able to go out to the three-point line. How, how, does, how does he guard uh, Alabama's Grant Nelson, those guys, yeah. with his size not having the quickness to go out on the floor and do it? Well, he, he doesn't very well. Grant Nelson and those guys who he's defending will have some time to shoot the basketball, I'm sure, uh, a little bit different there. So it, it uh, yeah, it's a good three-point. Yeah, I'm sorry. Good three yeah. point shooters can can really hurt him. I think. Yeah, there's two ends of the court there. So where you may have a disadvantage on on defense, you got that advantage on offense. All right, we'll take this last break and squeeze in a phone call to two zero five three four two nine nine zero four. We appreciate the call from Raymond up in Huntsville. You're just the tide one hundred point nine. It's the home of Alabama sports. Tide one hundred point nine traffic. 
From the Towns and Nissan Traffic Center, we have a wreck southbound on Veterans Memorial Parkway at Loop Road. You can expect delays there. No other issues to report, but of course, if you do see conditions, give me a call, 205-886-8886. The year-end clearance is on now at Towns and Nissan with savings up to $10,000. Don't miss it. I'm Captain Ray. Hi. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Mr. SEC Tournament, Wimp Sanderson, gives you his excellent analysis every weekday on Inside the Locker Room, right here on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to Inside the Locker Room. All right, I want to pose something to you, Dad. I don't even know if we can get the lines, uh, but since you're so hot on the blue plate, I'm looking at uh, Saturday's uh, well, not necessarily that you have to pick an SEC basketball game, but uh, there's a lot of good SEC games on Saturday. I'll read down the slate for you. Tulane uh, it takes on Mississippi State. You got Kentucky playing Pennsylvania uh, up in the Wells Fargo up in Philadelphia. Illinois, Tennessee, uh, a game over in Knoxville. It's a good game. East Carolina, South Carolina. South Carolina's better. Uh, they're having to travel to East Carolina, so we'll see how that goes. Alabama, Purdue. Uh, Kansas State goes to LSU. Auburn is taking on Indiana over in Atlanta. And Arkansas will take on Oklahoma over in Tulsa. Uh, Richmond uh, travels uh, to uh, play Florida, down in the state of Florida, but not at uh, Gainesville. And then Missouri, Kansas will be played in Allen Fieldhouse. We probably can learn a lot about maybe the SEC uh, this weekend with some pretty tough uh, non-conference games this week. Maybe we get you to pick one game for a blue plate for basketball. If we can get the lines, would you be you willing to do that? To, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll see if we can dig up some lines. But just your thought about uh, this weekend as far as SEC basketball and and the importance of maybe winning some of these tough non-conference games. Well, I think Alabama has a chance at Purdue. I think Purdue's a good team. They've already they've lost one game. Uh, you know, just according. Uh, I'm not sure about it, but I, I I do think Alabama can be in there with Purdue. Um, uh, Indiana's played well. I think they're undefeated. Uh, Auburn has played up and down a little bit. That should be a heck of a game for, for Auburn to at least get themselves a, a good look at themselves as, before they go into the league. Um, so that should be interesting. Tonight, Kansas takes on a Missouri team that uh, is playing well. Missouri had a good well, recruit. That's, that's Saturday, Kansas, Missouri. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, yeah, not tonight. Uh, Kansas and Missouri on Saturday. And so um, be interesting to see how Missouri fares. Uh, Kansas is very, very difficult to beat at home, no yeah. doubt about that. So I actually thought South Carolina was better, a little better than I thought they'd be uh, this year. Yeah, they I played would agree. Clemson they, yeah. well last night. Yeah, they sure did. They played. Well. I, didn't, I didn't think Clemson played quite as well last night as they did against Alabama. But uh, you're right. I, I thought, uh, as I had said earlier, I thought Ole Miss was going to be better. Now, they hadn't played a whole lot of people, but he's done a pretty good job with them. He seems to be able to get the crowd out to make a home home court advantage out for them. Yeah. All right, that's it for today's show. We'll get out of here and make way for the Gary Harris Show. So keep it locked in here all day long. 
And somebody bring Noah uh, some coffee and some lunch. This poor guy's going to be here till 6 o'clock tonight. So, Noah, uh, we appreciate uh, you grinding for all the shows. You were here yesterday from literally 5.30 till 6 o'clock. So, uh, he is grinding. So, somebody help Noah out. Uh, maybe I'll help him out. You listen to Tide 100.9. It's the home of Alabama Sports. Have a great weekend, everybody.